If you would turn with me to our scripture text this morning, it's found in the book of Genesis again. Last week we were looking at the first chapter of Genesis with God's great and precious, very great and precious promise to create us and recreate us in his image. This morning we're following up on that theme from Genesis chapter 3 on page number 5 in your Bibles. I'm looking at Genesis 3, verses 13 through 15. But let me just pick up the first verse of chapter 3 of Genesis as kind of a context. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. Verse 13, the Lord said to the woman, what have you done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman between the offspring, your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike your, he, you will strike his heel. In the midst of this initial temptation, the fall into sin of all humanity through Adam and Eve, the temptation of the devil in the Garden of Eden. We see ourselves at war. In fact, the world is at war today. It's dangerous and scary times these days. Russian armies, the armies of Vladimir Putin, invade Ukraine. Daily images of wanton violence, destruction, and true evil are being displayed on your TVs and computers Our hearts and our prayers go out to the Ukrainian people, many of whom are Christians, pastors, our brothers and sisters in the faith. We need to pray for the world now at war. It's kind of reminiscent of stories of World War II. Makes us wonder, is this the beginning of a global conflict like World War III with Putin's nuclear threat, scary times. But our struggle versus Satan, our spiritual war with the devil, is far greater yet. As incredible as the Russian tanks and all the battleground that's going on in the Ukraine over there, Our spiritual battle is against an even greater enemy, the arch enemy of your souls, Satan, the devil. The church has been called many times the church militant in this world because we are in a battle. We've sung songs of war. And one day we will become the church triumphant. Those who have gone before us and have passed on to heaven are now the church triumphant. But we see that our struggle is not against flesh and blood 
Essentially, yes, Christians are in a spiritual battle with the world, the flesh, and the devil, so we have fronts on three sides. But as Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 6, finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power, put on the full armor, the whole armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. In no way diminishing the reality and the threat of Russian tanks, missiles, and guns. Yet, our spiritual battle the real spiritual backdrop for every earthly conflict that we enter into is a spiritual war, a cosmic war between the holy angels of God and the unholy angels, the demons of Satan. The devil, here a word from Max Lucado's book, Unshakable hope, building our lives on the promises of God. I highly recommend you get a copy of that book and follow along in our study. By the way, I have some books in the back, or at least I did as you were coming in, some other books by Max Lucado that are free for the taking. I encourage you and invite you to grab some books from out on the table and um, take and read. I'm giving away my library, as I say. I will have them out before every service. Great books. But from his book, Unshakable Hope, the basis of our Lenten study, Max says of the devil, the Bible names a real and present foe of our faith, the devil. The Greek word for devil is diabolus, from which we get diabolical and so forth. It shares a root with the the verb diabolene, which means to split. The devil is a splitter, a divider, a wedge driver. He divided Adam and Eve from God in the garden and would like to separate you from God as well. He wants to take unbelievers to hell and make life hell for believers in this world. Do such thoughts sound Outdated to you? Do you file discussions about the devil in a manila folder labeled superstition or antiquated religion? If so, you're not alone. According to the research of the Barna Group, four out of ten Christians, listen, four out of ten Christians, this is not just everybody in the world, unbelievers, He's. this is talking about those who claim to believe in Christ. Four out of ten, forty percent, strongly agreed that Satan is not a living being, but a symbol of evil. An additional two out of ten Christians, 19 percent, said they agree somewhat with that perspective. And only a minority of Christians, Christians, again, this is survey of Christians, 35% indicated that they believe that Satan is real. The remaining participants 
We're not sure what they believe about the existence of Satan. That's in the church. Most Christians, in other words, refuse to believe in the existence of a personal devil. Surely, the current ridicule and skepticism, Max writes, with which the devil is viewed must please him deeply. As long as he isn't taken seriously, he's free to work his evil. After all, if you can't diagnose your source of your ills, how can you fight them? The devil wants to make your life a mess and keep his name out of it. But God doesn't let him do so. Think about that for a minute. I don't know what Bible these folks read. Maybe they don't read the Bible much. I don't, the 60%, I don't know what Jesus they follow because Jesus clearly battled the devil, spoke to the devil, rebuked the devil, believed in a personal devil. C.S. Lewis in his great book, Screwtape Letters, is famous for saying, There are two equal opposite errors to avoid that people often fall into. One is to deny that the devil exists, like I was just saying. And the second is the opposite equal error, and that is to have an unhealthy interest and fascination for the demonic and the occult. There's a lot of curiosity that goes into fascination and leads into involvement in demonic occultic activity. Your enemy, the diabolos, the devil, Satan, Lucifer, the light one, the father of lies, the accuser, deceiver, tempter, our adversary, stands against each one of us who are believers. Our Lenten series, Unshakable Hope. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. We sang that last week. And we, as soldiers of the cross, must build our lives on the promise of God. Today's promise that we focus on is God will win the victory. God will win the victory. It's promised. It's assured. The devil's days are numbered. In Romans 16, verse 20, we have that promise clearly. The God who brings peace will soon defeat Satan and give his power, give you power over him. Let me read that again. The God who brings peace will soon defeat Satan and give you power over him. God will give you the victory. Satan's days are numbered. That means that we must First of all, prepare for the prowler. Prepare for the prowler. If you're keeping notes, taking notes, the first point is you need to prepare for the prowler. For First Peter says in chapter 5, verse 8, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. First Peter So church, be awake. I love it when I get to say that. Wake up, church. Be alert. 
Be prepared. Be on guard. Be ready. Be steady. The predator depends on the oblivion of the prey as he sneaks up. The predator, like a lioness, downwind, hidden in the tall grasses of the African savanna, slowly and stealthily sneaks up on a young gazelle, unawares, oblivious, oblivious to the dangers, to the threat. Are you oblivious? Are you wise to the devil's schemes, the devil's plan, the devil's method, his roadmap? God has a wonderful plan for your life. God has a terrible, I mean, Satan has a terrible plan for your life. Are you able to discern the difference between Satan's whispers and the still small voice of the Holy Spirit? Can you discern the difference? Are you wary enough to recognize the stench of the evil one? Are you dressed in the whole armor of God with no chinks in the armor, ready to stand? Stand your ground for battle in this conflict. Prepare for the prowler. Secondly, having been prepared, we need to suit up and stand up. Suit up, stand up, as Paul goes on to say in Ephesians chapter 6. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith that you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, wake up, there it is again, and always keep on praying for all the saints. The whole armor of God, including the belt of truth, the belt of truth, a belt holds in place all the rest of the pieces of armor. God's truth is protection against Satan's lies and deceptions, the deception of the enemy. Satan is called the father of lies. Jesus said he is a liar from the beginning and the father of lies. Doubts and deceptions. Right there in the beginning in the conversation with Eve, he said, did God really say? Trying to cast question and doubt on God's word. Satan seeks to undermine the very foundation of truth in this day, in our generation, telling us in our culture that truth is a relative thing, that truth and morality is determined by you within you, not some objective absolute truth, undermining the very truth itself. 
Jesus said, I am the truth. The devil is the opposite. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, protects the heart and all the vital organs, the breastplate. Christians are covered with the righteousness of Christ. First of all, his cloak of righteousness covers us when we come to Christ and become Christians. Plus, we then begin to live in and lean in, live into his righteousness, which helps protect our hearts. Satan's strategy is temptation to get us to fall into sin and unrighteousness. Guard your heart. Don't fall for it. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Put on the gospel shoes or the boots of readiness. Are you a tenderfoot? Remember in scouting, start out vulnerable, tenderfoot, wearing sandals into battle, into conflict? Wouldn't want to do that. Are you ready to carry the gospel offensive to the world? Are you confident in the truth of the gospel so you can take it with confidence? The shield of faith. Faith's protection from the darts of the devil, from the flaming arrows. Keep your shield up. Keep your guard up. Do you believe it? Are you fully trusting in Christ today? How is your faith holding up? Is your faith strong and steady? Don't let it fall. Satan has marked your heart with his bullseye. Use your cover shield to guard your heart. The helmet of salvation. You certainly wouldn't go into conflict without wearing protection on your head. Without your salvation, you haven't a chance. Are you saved? Do you have salvation firmly in place? Without it, you haven't got a prayer. Literally. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The only offensive weapon among these articles of armor. Take up your sword. Never let it get dull and rusty and untested. Trust and rely on God's Word. Confident in its reliability. The sword of the Spirit. So suit up and stand up. And lastly, take spiritual weapons into a spiritual battle. In Second Corinthians 10, we read, For though we live in this world, we don't wage war as the world does. It's not about power, money, possessions. We don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. You know, God wants to demolish strongholds in your life that you have allowed the devil to to make. He comes to take a toehold, then a foothold, on into a stronghold. God's divine power demolishes his strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. The weapons of our spiritual warfare. We just sang it. Pray without ceasing. Pray. The weapon of prayer. Pray in the Spirit in all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. 
with this in mind, be alert and keep always keep praying for the Lord's people. In my last church, in the first six months of my tenure there, I had an assistant, an associate, who was actually my age, but he was a prayer warrior. Phil would enter into his prayer room and provide prayer cover for me and all of the congregation. And when he retired, when he was asked to leave, the church was left more vulnerable. Yes, there were other prayer warriors, but he was exemplary in his discipline of prayer. Prayer is so important, vital in our spiritual battle as a weapon of war. You remember in September, kids praying at the pole? In our Christian school, we took the kids out to the flagpoles and we prayed, knowing that their school, all of the kids' schools, are spiritual battlegrounds. Are we praying along with them? Praying at the pole or every day? Pray a hedge of protection around your spouse and around your kids and around your grandkids. Pray a hedge of protection and protection in this battle for them as you put on the whole armor of God. The weapon of prayer and the weapon of worship. Every time we gather to praise God, to worship, God inhabits, is enthroned in the praises of his people. You believe in God? Good. The demons believe and shudder. Demons, the devil hates to hear Jesus being praised, his name being exalted. Lift high the name of Jesus and Satan and his minions scatter. Praise in the assembly of the saints and the gates of hell will not prevail against the saints of God in praise. And lastly, Pick up the weapon of the word of God, as we said. Remember Jesus in the wilderness, tempted by the devil for 40 days in the wilderness, countered by, it is written. He quoted scripture right back at him. You know, Satan knows scripture better than you. We need to study. We need to memorize. We need to learn and take it in, take it to heart, to quote it back. Say, nope, that's not right. The weapon of our warfare. Prayer, praise, and scripture. Be awake, be alert, be aware, be confident and assured. Jesus has already won the victory and we know how it's going to finally end up as he mops things up at the end of time, casting the devil into the fiery abyss. I've read the book. I've read the final chapter and We win. Satan's days are numbered. And we have resurrection power, the power of Christ's resurrection to defeat the devil for victory. As we have the, the promise today, God who brings peace will soon defeat Satan and give you the power over him. Don't be afraid. Don't be cowed by all of this talk about our spiritual enemy, greater is he who is within you than he who is within the world. Let's say that together. Greater is he who is within you 
than he who is within the world. One more time. Greater is he who is within you than he who is in the world. Hang on to that. That is true truth. Yeah, he's a pain. The devil. But if you have Jesus and the Holy Spirit, he is far greater. Far greater. So stand on his promise. Here's our credo for this season. We are building our lives on the promises of God. Because his word is unbreakable, our hope is unshakable. We do not stand on the problems of life or the pain in life. We stand on the great and precious promises of God. We are blessed. So stay awake and let's stand. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that you would continue to arm us, to clothe us with your whole armor. Continue to make us savvy of the devil's schemes that we might not be bogged down, taken out, unequipped. Lord, I thank you that you have put us together with all of the saints in a mighty army to fight the good fight, to be the church victorious until we become the church triumphant. In Jesus' name, amen.